Tilt Love Duos podcast. My name is Dr. Christian Maciel, former elementary school teacher turned therapist, and I have my lovely wife, Bethany, Beachbody coach and entrepreneur, accompanying me. Here we share about ordinary people with real struggles and real victories, and we pass those strategies and tips along to you to help you strengthen your relationships and or marriage. Thank you for being here today. So let's get started on giving you those relationship building insights. Don't forget to please click on that subscribe button and send us a comment at Till Love Do Us Podcast on Facebook or Instagram. We want to hear from you. So welcome to episode six. This week, we are talking about my best friend, perfectionism. <laughs> Everybody's best friend. <laughs> perfectionism, people. This is something that I would say 95% and above of people in the world struggle with this. And not only as individuals, but in marriages, in relationships, at work, yeah, in the gym, <laughs> in bed, <laughs> in their bank you account. <laughs> you name it. It is a constant presence in a, a lot of areas of our lives. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's a quick story. So the other day, something magical happened. It was something unexpected, but it, it just sort of happened. And I have to say, after thinking and thinking about this event, this moment, it, it felt great. And this is what happened. I was in my office working, and I remember I sat back, and I just crossed my legs just to reflect about something. I don't even know what I was thinking about. But I happened to look down at my shoe, my shoes, <laughs> my nice dress, black shoes. Not work shoes. Not, Not work like shoes. yard work shoes. No. These are gloss black dress shoes. The ones you'd wear to work. Business casual, right? And I saw that they were somewhat dirty. You know, I could see a little bit of the... You know, a little bit of dust here and there, and then the sole, I could see a little grayish here and there. You know, bottom line, they were not polished. They had they the not. desert dust on them. They did. But here's the thing. For the first time in my life, I loved seeing them dirty. Hmm. And you're probably thinking, why would you love seeing your shoes <laughs> dirty? Okay, because before that moment, I was constantly worried about, oh, I got to shine my shoes. Why haven't I shined my shoes? Oh my goodness, people are going to look at my shoes and they're going to think I'm just a dirty person. Just wearing them that way, even before that, would make me feel less than. It would uncomfortable? Uncomfortable. I like somebody like, was going to look at you and yeah, judge you? Exactly. I felt <clears throat> just part of me was not finished. Hmm. <laughs> and, okay. But because... We're busy, uh, you know, go, go, go in the mornings. I just never, I haven't gotten around to shining them. And of course, who doesn't like shiny shoes? I mean, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's shine our shoes, people. I mean, I, right? I don't know if, I don't know if girls have this problem. I don't, well, probably not. <laughs> so here's what happened I didn't care. I was able to remove that weight of caring about this mm. small thing of shiny shoes. They didn't need to be perfectly black. Interesting. And this is something I, I used to care deeply about. Just growing up, wash, or making sure your shoes were clean and shiny. 
Yeah, growing up, but I mean, not, not even just growing up. It, it's just, it, it was, as a, as a professional, going to interviews, a, as a person who works in an office, you want to look presentable. So, so that was something that was always ingrained in me. Plus, it was to, it was a part of my total appearance package. Mm. So Head to but, toe. <laughs> but this time, but this time I didn't care. And it felt great. I felt like this... This weight had just lifted off of me for that moment because I, I had shut down that critical voice that would normally say, oh, well, look you're at falling you. apart. Yeah. It starts you're a with mess. Your shoes. It starts with your shoes. I mean, how come you haven't shined them? Somebody's going to notice. But I just decided at that moment, who the hell cares <laughs> i separated my shoes from who i was i feel like that's a vi- big sigh of relief yeah it was it was a big sigh of relief <sighs> yeah it was like oh man it just, it let just it go. felt it felt great to not care so so bottom line perfectionism it's everywhere it's in my black shoes it's in my pants it's in my shirt it's in my car it, it's it's everywhere, and it wants to get in my life and in all these areas of my life. When you say perfectionism, you're you're talking about making sure that everything is neat, clean, tidy, in its place, well, in you, order, and not not just like daily thing <clears throat> to do list. No, I'm talking about me as a person and everything about me, career, you know, marriage, bank accounts. I mean, we're going to talk about all these things, but. Perfectionism, just as a general concept, has really cost me a lot. And I mm. bet, and I know, that it costs you a lot mm-hmm. as well. Interesting. How many of us are in constant pursuit of wanting things to be perfect? Or we have that expectation that at some point in our lives, we're going to reach this magical point where all the stars align and everything is perfect and you're just going to feel like You've reached this magical finish line, and you no longer <laughs> need to ever worry about anything for the rest of your life. Zen. Probably 95 or more percent of us do that. And I, we live yeah, with this expectation. Yeah. yeah. All the time. The perfect sex life. Perfect vacations. Perfect cars parked in your garage. Perfect amount of money in your bank accounts. Perfect conversations. And the list can go literally on and on. Now, here's the thing. Some people might say, but that's a good thing. Isn't that a good thing? To have these goals, to, to have these things to aim for? Yes, that's true. However, and we're going to talk about this, there is a downside, a real, tangible, consequential downside. Some people say chasing perfection motivates me, makes me reach higher, makes me feel good when I reach some goal. Okay, as I said, there is a dark side to this, though, especially with relationships, within your relationships, within your family, within your marriage, and in any other area of your life. Mm-hmm. So it really is impactful to everything. If you see this need to be perfect, it's just every area of life. Yeah, because you're, you're not satisfied as you're an individual. Yeah. You're not satisfied and you carry this constant hole that, that you're trying to trying fill, to fill yeah. with perfectionism, trying to reach this perfect state. Perfect state. Okay. okay. So, wow. So where does this come from? Where, where does this originate? And so we're going to talk about perfectionism, just what it is, where it may come from, 
But then next next episode, next week, we're going to talk about five ways that you can battle perfectionism. How, how to help yourself overcome perfectionism. Yes. So this week, we're just going to introduce it. We're going to elaborate on it a little bit. And then next week, we're going to give you five concrete ways that you and your partner, your spouse... Your loved one, just in general. Yeah. Whoever you feel like might need it. Can can battle perfectionism. Okay. I you know, perfectionism I also would say I'm perfectionistic, have those tendencies. I know Christian would too. And um you know, if you really stop to think where does this come from? Why? I mean, you really have to have some awareness um of yourself. Um, to just stop and think, why do I feel like I have to be perfect? Why do I feel like every aspect of my life has to be an A plus? And, you know, a lot of times, if you can really stop and just have that awareness and, and concentrate on, on some memories that you might have, you know, perfectionism really can stem from your childhood, a lot of, um, things unconsciously, you know, get ingrained in in our minds as a child. And, you know, it could be a very painful experience that you might have, um, that you can identify right away. Well, this is why uh, I had external pressures from my family to, to make sure I was an A plus student or that I got into the right schools, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that can go on and on. But, you know, it could just be, you know, minor little daily things as a child that you could not consciously identify, but you were pushed and pulled in different directions to be perfect, to always have clean shoes, even as a child, or to always make your bed and make sure your room was always clean and, and, you know, in a perfect way. So a lot of things that we face as adults can really come from our childhood and I really want to just point out, you know, our parents, many parents don't intentionally try to influence their children's lives in this way. It's just, it just happens. And, um, they're, they're trying to raise children and influence them in positive ways, but certain things can be said or implemented that that really can have a negative impact whether it's like i said it could not even be a very serious situation but just little things day in and day out that you pick up as a child and so the the need to pursue perfectionism stems from childhood and as an adult the perfectionism is just a way to have control over things as well have control of of your life. If if there's an area of your life that feels out of control, perfectionism can really um, be magnified in other areas of life. Um, it's also could be a fear of failure. Perfectionism can manifest and um, just out of a fear of failure, not wanting to um, let anybody down or disappoint anybody. And so perfectionism is just a fear. It's a fear-based notion that I can't fail. I can't 
let anybody down. I can't let myself down. There's no room for failure. I have to be perfect. I have to get the 100, the blue ribbon, the gold medal, the A plus. I have to attain that perfect score um, because I cannot fail and I'm afraid of failing. Um, Perfectionism, if you also really stop to think about it, again, kind of a deeper dive into your own psyche and and having that awareness is, you know, just a basic desire for love and acceptance. You might not feel like you are lovable or can be accepted if you're not perfect. perfect. Yeah. You have to achieve that perfection in order to be lovable. And that's not true. And that just makes me kind of sad to think about somebody thinking that they have to be perfect in order to be lovable. And, you know, that's, that's not true. That, <laughs> because it's just, everyone's lovable and it's their imperfections that make them human and make them even more lovable and even more accepted to, in and, my eyes. And the person that you're wanting love and acceptance from, I, I can bet a hundred thousand dollars that they are not <laughs> perfect. Oh, I bet uh, all the money in the world. <laughs> so, the fact that they're not perfect yet they may be expecting perfection from you. Yeah, that that doesn't go together, obviously. No. But a lot of times, parents because they feel mm-hmm. yeah. imperfect, they want you as their a child, child, their children to be to be mm-hmm. perfect. They want. They want you to dress a certain way, smell a certain way, perfect A's, the sports star, the yeah. prom queen, like prom all those stereotypical ideas of perfection. And yeah. yeah. So, so Beth, I mean, for you, tell me, like, what with, with your childhood? How did perfectionism sneak in? I mean, I would think the first thing that just popped in popped into my mind was just that I was the middle child and just not, it wasn't ever verbally or explicitly, you know, pointed out, oh, you're the middle child, you know, you're not the oldest, you're not the youngest. You still kind of feel that kind of lostness of, of being the middle child. And I don't blame my parents for that. They never pointed anything out or made me feel less than, I think it's just, it's just happens. And so as a middle child, you know, to get noticed or to be, you know, recognized as, as that, that middle role, um, I probably really wanted to be perfect in the ways of, especially in school, my, my homework, my grade, my, my grades, being the top of my class, um, excelling um, at anything I pursued, whether it was cheerleading or um, academic team, you know, those things I really wanted to do well in, in order to be recognized and to be seen. And and who was doing the recognizing and the seeing of you? Well, it was a, a lot of people. It was my teachers. It was um, my sisters, my parents, my grandparents, you know, just having that recognition of the high achievement, you know, really made me feel validated and noticed, really. So even if you were not, because perfection for you when you were a child meant 
getting straight A's and being the cheerleading front runner slash star. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't those things, then what would happen to you? I mean, I don't, there was not anything that would have happened to me per se. Like, like outwardly, I think I would have felt disappointed in myself. But I thought you said they were the ones that. I know. That's the, that's the crazy thing. They're not, my parents and my teachers weren't, weren't putting that pressure on me, right? I was putting that pressure on myself. I was getting recognized by them. And if I didn't get all A's, no one was there to say, oh, how dare you? Mm -hmm. It was just more of that internal mind, right? The pressure I put on myself, because that's how I would get noticed. Okay, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because... I wanted to to please, and I wanted to excel, and I wanted to be noticed. And if I didn't, no one was there to slap my hand, but it was my own internal talk and pressure that I still needed to get recognized that way. And somehow through the through the, your family's interactional style, because you were the middle the middle child, you felt <clears throat> you needed to sort of shine in order to be noticed mm-hmm. and affirmed. Yeah, and we talk, we're going to talk about, like, the, of course, the desire for love and acceptance, right. but also Absolutely. this relentless pursuit of validation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wanting to be validated. Yeah. Wanting to be noticed. 100%. Wanting to be, wanting to belong. And right? I still feel that today as a yeah. 39-year-old mother. Right. <laughs> so, perfectionism... Um, I, I believe that, and as Bethany has explained, it, it probably does come from some childhood experiences. And again, as Bethany said, it may not be intentionally planted. Yeah. And I think just even mm-hmm. in society, we see these, what do we see on commercials? What do we see in commercials? We see ideal perfectionistic yeah. <laughs> images. Car commercials. <laughs> Car commercials. Oh my goodness. The nicest house, the yeah. most expensive cars, living in the, what looks like Colorado mountains and <laughs> snow and everybody there and smiling and wow, it seems like perfect. But that's not real but life. But it's not real. No. So, so what, what we're, why we're telling you all, all this is because we want to make sure that you take a moment to really think about your childhood and how perfectionism slid in somewhere, how it snuck into your, into your mind and it became sort of your own part of your own identity mm-hmm. that if you were not perfect in all of these areas, then you are a complete zero, which mm-hmm. that is a problem because if you're not a 10, you're a zero. There is no middle ground with perfectionism. There yeah. is no middle ground. And I know I, I we talk about this a lot, but I that's my mindset a lot of the times. It's either this or it's that. It's either good or it's bad. Yeah. And I it, I try it, to change my mindset and see the gray, but it, as a perfectionist, you it's very be, hard. You can be an 8 out of 10, and that is just pure awesomeness. But me, <laughs> I want to be the 10. I know. I was just thinking like... Be the 10. Oh, I don't want to be an eight. I want to be the yeah. 10. <laughs> but a 10 is not real, people. A 10 is not real. So anyway, so I'm going to talk a little bit about 
this sort of cycle with perfectionism. And in my 20s, for example, my self-esteem was in constant stress. I was constantly making up crap that I needed to be better. Mm-hmm. My self-talk, that internal voice that we all have, it was incessantly dissatisfied with almost everything in my life. My family, my body, my school grades, my car, my clothes, my place in life, where I lived, where I came from. Never happy. It was insane. <laughs> and I had this voice that was constantly pushing me, supposedly to motivate me. Mm. But I, mean, I realized this voice, well, yeah, it motivated me. Yes. But at the same time, it was stabbing me. It was like beating you up. It was beating me up. It was constantly putting me down. And I had become so accustomed to it that I didn't even fight it any longer. It was part of me. It was my friend. It was mm-hmm. my companion. It was my, my life partner. It was me and my perfectionistic buddy. <laughs> it was. <laughs> and I'd wake up with him. I'd go to sleep with him. He'd go to class with me. He'd go on dates with me. He'd, he'd go shopping for clothes with me. I mean, he'd eat with me. He was just <laughs> constantly there. Looking back, like you can really identify that. Yeah. Like just oh, yeah. like you yeah. pick out a moment yeah. in time in your 20s. Oh, yeah. I mean... It was just constantly there. Anything mm. I did, he was there. Sounds He very... was there like monitoring and making sure that I was shooting for the 10 on anything. Mm. And it, it became, it became really like, like breathing to me. And it was my sweet, sweet bully. That's what I call him. <laughs> my sweet, sweet bully. And he still tries to bully me to this day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, it motivated me, but at the same time, put me down. It robbed me. Of my mm. happiness. It robbed me of loving myself and others. It robbed me of peace and acceptance. It was the biggest thief because it was constantly saying, I'm not going to affirm you 100% uh, or you or your life until, and then I, I got to fill in the well, blank. You this or until Woo-hoo. you got that. Woo-hoo until you me. met this and yeah. I got to fill in the blank. But then... It would say, well, you're not quite done yet, though. <laughs> well, no. I'm not going to give you really the whole acceptance package that you're seeking, Christian, until... And then and the bar on a, yeah, just gets higher. Bank, yeah. Right. And, that, and that, <sighs> it was just incessant. It was a cycle. Yeah. And yeah, it would push me, and I would I would. You'd achieve. reach for it? Yeah. I would achieve through hard work, dedication, mm. determination, sacrifice... But then it would say, but well, you still need to reach this, or you still don't compare to that person, or mm. you still don't have what they have. And it was this constant cycle. And it even started to infiltrate, like I said, my relationships. Mm-hmm. I started to look at my girlfriends. <laughs> well, oh, no, look at her. She's yeah. not doing X. Mm-hmm. You deserve better. Mm-hmm. You deserve better. And then I would I would begin to really look at all their flaws. That's tough. Yeah. And then I would say, I do deserve better. And then my sweet bully would say, okay, <laughs> go find the next one. Next. All right. And then I'd find the next one. And then he'd say, uh, but she's nice, but this is missing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she's <laughs> nice, but she's only 5'2". Yeah. And I want 5'3". Yeah. Something. no 10. Yeah. So... No peace, no peace, mm, and it started no to peace. really mess with my life. 
the quality of my life. Wow. And you bet it infiltrates your relationships. It really does. So what does this leave us with? What are the, the costs, the cons, yeah. the results of being perfectionistic and embracing perfectionism? Well, lack of self-confidence, poor self-esteem, yeah. general dissatisfaction. We talked about the dissatisfaction. Yeah. Man. Okay. Some people call it keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> That's another sort of yeah. phrase that you hear a lot about. Of the dissatisfaction. Yeah. So a lot of you may have this, this, this supposedly motivating voice inside your head, but it's a killer of your soul. It's suffocating your soul little by little. And it's suffocating your relationships. It's sucking out the joy that you could be feeling in your relationships today. Because nothing will make you happy. Yeah. You're constantly looking for the 10. Yeah. And it's, it's, and that doesn't bad. exist. The 10 does not exist. Right. And we're going to talk just about does all not. this uh, ne- next week. But, and, and it also leads to inaction, procrastination, mm-hmm. and highly critical of yourself. That voice. Uh, highly critical of others, overly focused on just results, 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 and perfect results. Mm-hmm. Results are okay. You want results in things. Of course. But not perfect results. Yeah. And then if anybody gives you any feedback, you, you may become defensive. Yes. Because if somebody gives you feedback, that means you're not you're perfect. Not perfect. Okay. And you're, you're, you're making a mistake or you're lacking in something. And that's very hard swallow as a perfectionist yeah. so this week was an introduction to perfectionism folks and we all we want all of you out there to really start thinking about where did my perfectionism come from how does perfectionism show up in my life mm-hmm. where does it show up the biggest for me it's my it's in my career and possibly in my marriage mm-hmm. it really does and I've had to break it down. I've had to fight it. Mm-hmm. I still fight it every day. So you have to ask yourself, where did your desire to be perfect begin? Have you achieved perfection yet? And if not, do you really think <laughs> Will it you are going happen? to get there? And that your spouse, partner, or whoever is going to get there too? No. So yeah, this is happen. a worthy question to, to ponder. Bethany and I are so grateful to have spent time with you. Thank you so much for your support. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you know someone that could benefit from listening to this information, please share the podcast with them. And as always, hope never dies unless you allow it. Until love do us all. Bye for now.